There's too many homelosers, too many trimmers, but I like to watch them for Rotten Treasure. Hello, welcome to Rotten Treasure. Uh, we watched Rocky Five. I'm your host, uh, Jim O'Donnell, and with me as always is the other host, Kai Bobby. Hey Jim, how are you? I'm good, Kai, how are you? Doing pretty good, ready to talk yeah. about this phenomenal film. Um, what a treasure, what a what a lost gem in this world. I'm surprised you didn't call it a rotten treasure, because that's the name of the podcast. I'm not a sellout, Jim, I'm not a sellout. <laughs> I don't know if it's selling, let's bring in our guest. Uh, we have a special guest with us today, uh, co-creator of PCW, it's Drew G. Larkman. Yeah! Hello, Drew. Hello. How, how are you? How, how is everybody? Well, I said how I am, so Kai, please answer the question. I mean, I'm going to go ahead and give myself like a solid eight today. Um, yeah, I did I did some editing. Um, I did a little bit of uh, phone gaming. I left myself some uh, ticket to ride on my phone. So, you know, I had a little quiet, little joy time. Hung out with my cats. Yes, for more than eight. I mean, eight, eight's a solid day. If you have an eight, nothing to complain about. Yeah, that's a, that's a great day as far as I'm concerned. I mean, it's it's out of 106, but it's... <laughs> oh, oh, no. Oh. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, how am I? I? I'm good. You know, all things considered, yeah. Yeah, just uh, living low-key and uh, watching Rocky Five. Over so and sorry. over. That's uh, <laughs> I got invited. I've just been playing it on a loop. Oh, I'm. We didn't. We didn't. For, I just want to say we didn't force you to do that. <laughs> Conscious choice. Yes. <laughs> something really resonated. I was gonna say that we did actually make Drew sign. Uh, Drew signed a, a contract. Uh, just to, just to be clear, uh, you were not forced to watch this film. <laughs> no, but I was rewarded with goldfish. Okay. Right. Right. I, I mean, well, I thought we agreed, but like that. The edible ones? Yeah, yeah, the little snackies. Well, I mean, anything is edible if you eat it. <laughs> I agree. Um, uh, Drew, what, what's your relationship with the Rocky franchise? I know you watched Rocky Five because of I us. I watched Rocky Five, and it was the second Rocky film I've ever seen. Um, I've seen the first Rocky film, the, the 1976, uh, best picture nominee, was it? Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Um, and that's cause like, I was, I was really like a old movie junkie and I tried to watch like all those classics, um, when I was younger, but, uh, it just never, never came across the other ones. And so, uh, we were coming in real cold on, uh, on five and that was fun. Which is, it's, it's, I don't know if that's a blessing or a curse, because you get to, <laughs> you get to skip to what was originally the end of the uh, the franchise. Yeah, um, you know, I, interestingly enough, the opening credits were a bit of a, a bit of a condensed version of the entire arc, right? And, uh, or, I don't know, Rocky Four or something. It, yeah, that they, was, they didn't give you really, unfortunately, anything else. I got the teensiest bit exposition and then just got thrown right into the frying pan. Loved it. Loved the experience. Yeah. I, you know, I've been complaining this entire time. Like, oh, I, 
I feel bad for whoever we make do Rocky Five because it's the worst one in the series. And watching it back, I don't know. I I didn't hate it this time around. I think because I've been watching them weekly, there's a certain part of me that's just like, I'll yeah, I'll take the content. It's like kind of like, it, I know that it was because I know it was supposed to be the last one of this this like round. It just feels like the last series. Like I'm just like, even though I know it may not be good, I gotta watch it. I need to know what's gonna happen. Um, it feels like guilty pleasure TV, but a long ass movie with Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, where I'm coming from is as I get older, I'm realizing. I don't understand what makes movies good or bad because this this was fine. I had a great time watching this, and I I didn't understand why it was poorly reviewed. There were there was some stuff. Uh, there was some there was some good stuff and some a couple funny lines, and uh, it was entertaining. Yeah, that's, that's all I can ask for. I think it's because it might have been like more melodramatic than the other ones because there's definitely a couple scenes where like when he cries at the beginning because of uh his hands won't stop shaking oh that was a dark beginning yeah place to start it was but also watching sylvester stallone cry was not as easy to watch as i thought it was gonna be yeah it's like i guess if i had to like put my critic hat on it would be like i guess it's poorly reviewed because of his performance yep and like a couple of the character arcs are like just zero to a hundred real quick in a way that doesn't ring true. But like, <laughs> I, uh, um, I just like, I don't know what makes a bad movie anymore. Cause I liked this. Yeah. I don't, I like, I just like stuff. I don't know. I, I wrote down that, um, Tommy Gunn's character arc was essentially the same as Dorian Gray, where he was just, he was just a fresh faced boy. And then all of a sudden, uh, he meets a man who's like, oh, but what if you had a girlfriend and had, like, riches? And then he was like, well, I guess I'm angry at the world now, then. Yeah, that was, uh, that I guess that was, like, the one thing that, like, you would, like, rewrite, I guess. If if you got a crack at it, you would, you would make Tommy Gunn, like, make that, stretch that arc out a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, because it, it didn't, it didn't feel genuine. It felt but really like, forced. It felt really it, forced. Yeah, but it also felt like, hey, it's a movie. And yeah. like... Yeah. 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 No, I'm, I'm two thumbs up on this film, honestly. I'm, oh, wow. I'm all aboard. I This was a totally pleasant experience watching this. You you mentioned that you, you enjoyed some quotes. Do you have any particular zingers or one-liners that you really enjoyed? Oh, man. Yeah, there were a couple. Um, when uh, When Rocky's son... I don't know his name because he just keeps calling him boy the whole time. Uh, his <laughs> name is, is Robert. Yeah, he's Rocky Jr. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I just, I thought his name was boy. Um, <laughs> no, he says the kid a lot. Where's the kid? Hey, the kid. Hey, it's the kid. Um, when he uh, when he beats up the kid who's been bullying him and then uh, looks at his friend, he's like, put him up. And the kid's just like, I never liked him anyway. And then runs away. That that made me laugh. I got a good chuckle out of that. And, uh, oh, when Uncle Pauly was Santa Claus and one of the kids says, hey, look, we got 90 proof Santa. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I laughed at that, too. That was really good. That was a good line. Uh, Polly's whole thing is just that he is just becoming more of an alcoholic and just more of a miserable, like, just stupid man. I mean, a, a fuck up, really. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Oh, yeah. Ruining things actively. Mm-hmm. I don't know why he's still around. Was Polly in the first one? 
Yeah, yeah he I was. Remember who he was? He was the one who worked in the meat shop that Rocky punches the meat. Right. Oh, uh, nice. I remember the ice skating rink scene because I like. Yeah. He's like jogging next to her. Yeah. yeah. That's what I liked about that film. Um, and like, oh, and another thing in favor of this movie was that fight at the end. How about oh, the that? Street fight, the street fight. That's 80s to the core. Oh, I, yes. That was such like, it felt like an experimental, like, it felt like a Bergman movie out of nowhere. Yeah, like, Bergman just tags in and just yeah. directs. <laughs> it was... I, Awesome! That I was so hyped for that. That was like what a what a wonderful culmination to uh, an arc that I guess was good. I'm assuming I don't they, know. They, I will say, one of the plus sides of this movie was they got the fighting a lot better than the rest of the movies. Although Sylvester Stallone still cannot punch well, he he still punches like a psh, psh kind of thing. Well, that's, hey, that's his thing, right? He can just, he can take more damage than anyone else. Are you talking about Rocky, or are you talking about, like, Sylvester Stallone as, like... like, In a little both, I guess. Yeah, because I know that he gets, like, stunt doubles, and, like, isn't his brother one of them to, like, do some of the shots? Ooh, Frank Stallone. We should talk about Frank Stallone. Didn't he have a... Oh, yeah, he had a a one-hit wonder on the, um, on the sequel to Saturday Night Fever. Oh, wow. Oh, Staying Alive? Yeah. Yeah. Did I he? forget what the song's called, but I'm, I'm about to look it up. This this is true. Frank Stallone, his his brother, was a one hit wonder from uh, the sequel. Wow. Far from over. Wow. Far from over. Oh, yeah. I've heard that. I know this. Wow. No, I'm open to talk about the entire Stallone family. Uh, they all seem like they have such fascinating lives. Who who else is among them? Well, we we found out in Rocky Two that uh. Jackie uh, Stallone, his mom, did like a season of Biz- Big Brother that we need to watch. Wow! You know, gotta get into these uh, these Stallone family. I wanna I wanna know more. Wait, so she like his mother did a season like years and years after these movies were made. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Uh, that's great. I love random stuff like that. Hell yeah. Yeah, and I just incidentally bought a year of Paramount Plus, so. I have Big Brother. I could check this out. I've never watched a single episode. Um, I don't know why this is a phenomenon I just missed, but it's not too late. I haven't either. I am, as we mentioned before, uh, Kai and I were talking, I am rewatching Survivor, going through all 40 seasons. Oh my god. And I'm currently on uh, season six, and having a blast, really. I think that's around the time that I dropped off that show. Yeah, um, I remember watching the first couple seasons as a kid, mm-hmm. watching the all-star season, watching like heroes and villains, and then like a couple of the other big ones. So I'm like, I'm seeing a couple things I've seen before and a lot I haven't seen yet, which is, I'm just, it's really a delight. Um, it's, it's great. I'm a, I'm a big fan of, I, I, or at least I am in recent years, of the classic era of reality television. Yes. Oh, can we get into that? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Do you guys remember a show called The Mole? The Mole. No, wait, hang on. This sounds super familiar, so please say more. It came out the summer after, like, season one of Survivor, right when, like, the golden age of reality TV was starting. Um, And it was, 
this is wonderful. The host was Anderson Cooper. This is like Anderson Cooper's <laughs> like breakout thing. And it was a competition show that was espionage based. So like there was a team of 10 people and one of them was a saboteur who was like trying to mess everything up along the way and cost the team money. And um, season one is on YouTube. And I swear to God, like it is 10 out of 10, a masterpiece of television. Damn. Like, yeah, I rewatched it during quarantine and it was, Ooh, you know, I mean, quarantine has been so long that you just like, you just a random show from your past pops into your head and you're just like, wow, it's on YouTube. I think I went through, I tortured myself and watched all of friends. I don't know why I felt as a human being. I need that data inside of me. Uh, I don't, I, w- I regret it. Uh, and then I also watched community for the first time. Cause I'd never watched that. So I did that. I love the first two seasons of community. Yeah. 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 I don't regret that. I just for the simple joy of, uh, yeah, like, uh, oh my god, why am I totally remembering Donald Glover's um, name in this ep- in this in the show? Troy. Oh my god, uh, uh, Troy and Abed in the morning. Jesus Christ. Troy and Abed in the morning. Yeah, mm-hmm. so dumb, so dumb. Honestly, my my favorites were the the pillow uh, the pillow forts uh, episodes. Those were really fun. Yeah, I really like the paintball ones. Yes. Yeah. Two story arc. Um. A lot of the animated ones are fun. Yeah, that, yeah, that was a real fun show. I felt good about that commitment. Would you say it's the best thing you've watched in quarantine? No, 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 no. What? What, what is? is? That's really hard to say. And Jim, how about you? And I was just about to ask you if you had one like teed up. I think I, I think I would actually go with season one of The Mole because it was like so unexpectedly great. Really? And it's it's about like ten episodes long. Each one's like forty minutes. And, like, if you can get past it being in standard def, which I can. Yeah, as a 90s kid, I can handle that. Um, It's it's brilliant. And I'm, like, I'm so disappointed it didn't, like, become a phenomenon on the level of, like, American Idol or, you know, Survivor. It had, looks like, eight seasons, as I just just looked up. Eight seasons. Okay. Cause I was a I was a fan of this, um, like in high school and middle school. I remember oh. celebrity seasons. Sorry, I just noticed it's five it's five seasons and two of them were celebrity seasons. I thought they were extra seasons. Yeah, the celebrity seasons were trash. <laughs> they were really bad. What you didn't want to see Dennis Rodman win? Oh my Spoiler. god, Dennis Rodman! It was like Michael Boatman from Arliss. Um, <laughs> oh my god, Tracy Gold, Angie Everhart, like. Corbin Burnson, we're talking about like the E list, man. Like, yeah, yeah, those were trash. Um, but the first two seasons are hosted by Anderson Cooper, and they're great. And I, I would legitimately recommend them to anyone and everyone. Is Stephen Baldwin in both seasons? He is. Oh no! Why? Because <laughs> Stephen Baldwin should be part of everything. I I used to be obsessed with biodome when i was a teenager (laughs) i have never seen biodome it's real bad i love it i mean yeah i might i might like it i like bad movies as uh, as i'm watching rocky five we've actually considered doing like a poly shore like run (laughs) the podcast yeah that's technically a franchise yeah that counts because he has such a short-lived career that it's like anything he did is like yeah it's a franchise 
Biodome, the one where he's a lawyer, I think, Encino Man. Uh, they, I think they accidentally sign up for uh, the military in one of them. Man, these all, like, sound real. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not making... Son-in-law, that was the yeah, one. Like, I believe you, but, like, yeah, they just... They just missed me when they, when they happened. When they happened, I was way too young. I was probably... Yeah, I was four when Biodome came out, and I think that was his last movie that was... Nice. Jury duty, yeah. I think at the age of four, I was just Sandlot on repeat. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's about right. <laughs> yeah. I was born the year Encino Man came out. Oh, that's fantastic. Congratulations. What a great quality film. Was that 92? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, first try. It's got uh, that one thing with Sean Astin where he comes in the side of the frame and he's like, I haven't seen it. It's you've seen the GIF before, because it's just one of those ones that like, I, I think it's like there's a it's like a shot of a girl and she's smiling and then he comes in from the side weirdly and he's like no it's very, it's very funny breaks that fourth wall. Oh, is Sean Astin the guy who's uh he's got his girlfriend on his arm and he's looking at the other girl like whoa and his girlfriend <laughs> like uh uh-uh. uh. <laughs> no not not that gift no i know i'm just this is how i discuss memes i'm essentially 60 <laughs> um so i do have an answer uh in terms of my uh one of the things that i really enjoyed watching have you heard of the wilds the wilds no uh it's about like this just it's basically high school girls like that are stranded on an island after being in a plane crash. But it's more than that. And I'm not going to ruin anything. You just need to watch it. I just, they get stranded living on an island. It's just, you, you, you were talking about enjoying Survivor. Yeah. So if you like the idea of people surviving and the things they'll, they'll do to, to stay alive uh, in a Tom Hanks castaway situation, then yeah, I, I suggest checking it out. If uh, if there's a survivor to lost spectrum, where does it fall on what? Where does this island fall? Now wait a second, survivor to lost. We're talking about like in terms of supernatural, or are we talking about in terms of like quality? Because both of those things I would put very close to each other and close and uh, quality. On the good side. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> lost. Oh my god, lost is. Uh... I, we could talk about Lost for the rest of... Lost is a painful thing to talk about for me, um, mainly because I did watch all of it, like, in probably two months. Oh, um, wow. And I felt really hurt. I felt hurt by the end. So... Yeah, that's a show like that in hindsight. Like, each season, I loved it a little less. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But, like, for the first season is really something. I remember when it was airing and I didn't watch it. Like it, it, it started airing around the time that I started paying attention to pop culture things. Right. Yeah. Right. So like I started seeing things on TV and being like, Oh, um, season one was a legit phenomenon. Yeah. Like that like, really permeated pop culture. Yeah. So like, yeah, that's like when I jumped on was yeah. like when everyone was talking about it. Well, I feel like everyone was talking about it because of the ending of season one. And then everyone's like, you need to watch the show. And then you found out why, 
Because they make you, in my opinion, it may be harsh, but they make you watch a subpar series to then be like, oh, I'm going to watch this show. <laughs> oh, you didn't right. like season one? It was fine. Uh, I love, love it. I, I watched season first... two was everything for me. But go ahead. I watched the first two episodes of the show, and I, I don't know why I fell off. I think it's just, I think it's about time to actually watch the entire show. I must have been 11. I was so scared after watching that premiere when they when they hear the walkie-talkie and it's like they've been this message has been going for 16 years little little 11 year old me was terrified oh man i was hooked is that technically a spoiler did we just drop a spoiler in this episode yeah we might have spoiled the premiere episode of a show that has episodes yeah it's all good it's fine it came out in what 2004 i don't even know something like that wait jim do, do you have a favorite um, I, I, I'm only, I can, for some reason, only remember the most recent shows I watched. I've recently finished Modern Family, which, that was a show, I, I liked it when it originally came out, re like, rewatching, I was like, okay, I remember it being very progressive at the time, and then rewatching, I was like, this is a little bit outdated. Just, like, kinda, they, they were very clearly. It was, which, like, progressive for, like, Entertainment Weekly and the Today Show. Yeah. But, like, it would not be progressive for, like, the Philadelphia community and, like, the, the, the comedy community and whatnot. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I get what you mean. Yeah. They tried to, like, they were like, okay, we're going we're gonna to make a show and uh, uh, we're going to have two gay uh, protagonists and it's going to be very feminist and, like, every, all the women are going to be <laughs> real people. And then the gay, the gay characters very much tended to be stereotypes although they are they do they are real people and like come off that way of, as the series goes on and like you can say like the fact that like cam was played by a straight guy and he's the more flamboyant of the two is like mm, or, or, yeah but yeah um so modern family or yeah i and but what i would say is if you like the first season it's consistent it never dips in quality it, but if like you don't like if you don't like the first season, you're not gonna like the rest of the series, kind of thing. Right. Right. Uh, tell me, tell me if this resonates with you at all. N- knowing that I'm pretty cynical, um, Modern Family. I've always said I love the first 28 minutes, and then I just fucking hate the last two. They always just make me so mad when it gets all touchy feely at the end. And, oh, like, okay. Wraps it up because it's, it's it's always a little too saccharine when it happens for me at least <laughs> uh you're not gonna like the whole series because literally every episode ends that way <laughs> oh, yeah yeah i think i watched maybe like four seasons of it um, okay and this is yeah i really like i love the first 28 minutes of the show and then the end of each episode just like i don't know my heart just like the chastity belt around my heart just tight <laughs> and it's like no I I always get I I always get a little choked up a little while I watch them because I'm I'm way too sentimental with especially with those kinds of things. There's definitely a couple episodes where I was like, "No, Jay learned does his lesson." This is actually how Survivor is for me. There's like usually like two or three moments each season that like they're just so touching that it like yeah you get your you get your chicken soup for the soul. Did you get to the uh did you get to the season with um oh Johnny Fairplay? 
I that's a season I've seen before. Um, I'm like two. I'm like two seasons away in my rewatch. Oh, that's that's one of the very very best. That that's one of those. That's one of those things where we all were like, oh, this is why we watch reality TV for people like Johnny Fairplay. And it's like that scene, the dead grandma scene is so like overplayed <laughs> and like everyone knows about it. But if you go back and watch it, it is note for note perfect. It yeah. is hilariously funny every single time. He, his loved one on the loved one's visit is a dude named Thunder D. He comes out just going like, woo! And then he goes, how's, how's grandma? How's grandma? And his reply, which is subtitled, is, she died, dude. <laughs> funniest fucking thing every time. Oh, my God. Legendary TV moment. I, I, it's so fake. And it's like, how, how did the other people not notice? That's what I love. There's only one person who isn't buying it. And it's my it's my favorite like player ever. Her name is Sandra. She's the queen. She's the first two-time winner of Survivor. Mm. And um she she's hates Johnny Fairplay and she is not having it. Everyone else is like everyone else falls for it. And she's just like trying to get his buddy eliminated from the challenge and it's I mean it's a that's a bold move for her to not buy it. It's hilarious. It's like, and then he's like, well, obviously I want to learn about my grandma, but some people don't seem to care. And she just goes, it's not always about you all the time, John. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. I mean, this, this is Survivor is one of the all time great soap operas and comedies. In yeah, television. that's what I say. And that's why I love it. Remember when he got in a fight with a uh, Philadelphia favorite, uh, Danny Bonaducci? Oh, yeah. Celebrity boxing. No, it was um it, it, he might have done that, but this was at a uh um well, this was a real fight. It was an award show where uh oh. he he like someone he said something and then he got booed by the audience and then Danny Bonaducci was like, you know, it's cause they don't they don't like you, right? And he was like, ha ha ha, whatever. And then he like went to walk away and then he runs up and <laughs> assaults Danny Bonaducci. He he jumps completely up his legs are on his shoulders and his crotch is in danny bonaducci's face and danny bonaducci does the natural thing and he lifts him up and pushes him over and he lands directly on his face oh, and no. like so i he think he broke some teeth him. yeah and gives him like a vertical suplex yeah exactly yeah <laughs> as a wrestling fan i want to see that oh it's on youtube yes um Wait, Danny Bonaducci also did celebrity boxing when that was a TV show, right? That's probably. a thing. He Wait. did everything. That's There's probably some... when the golden age starts to end. Is there somewhere where I can watch Anderson Cooper punch people? That would be dope. Uh, maybe celebrity deathmatch. Yeah, no, I'd watch that. I bet. I bet he's been on celebrity deathmatch. Yeah. I. Oh man, I gotta find that. Oh, you know something else I found during quarantine was. Something like you can't, I don't think you can find it on streaming services, the original broadcasts of the Jackass episodes. Um, I don't think you can find them anywhere because there's a bunch of like streaming issues because they use some like awesome old punk music that like is probably so expensive to license now. Oh, Oh, no way. But like, yeah, I just found like someone had uploaded on like Daily Motion or something like um, 
all of the like original broadcasts and that was like such a blast from the past watching those over i i want to watch i never watched uh jackass and i didn't get into jackass until the second movie came out because that was around the, i wasn't allowed to watch mtv until i was like 13 yeah i yeah i, I was like had a pretty restrictive you know like viewing What's, rules but um like we had cable and we had a tv downstairs and it was really easy to man yeah i was always like trying to get away with shit like that was the second one the one where they came in on the giant uh, shopping cart in the beginning through all the explosions and shit i think That's, it was that sounds right i kind of remember this one like uh there's the paper cut oh there's the paper cut Ooh. one sorry is that the one i shouldn't bring up and i'm bringing it up right off the top Oh no! Bring them all up. I love I love Jackass. It. <laughs> uh, let's see if I can remember anything. There's one where I think they test their their sperm count because that's a thing. Yes, that they men do decide do that. to do in a movie. Oh right, 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 right. I mean, like I guess like people who criticize Jackass, they're just like it's the lowest of lowbrow. Mm-hmm. But I think like I think you can argue it's like one of the most genuine and honest things that <laughs> ever been aired on television. It's on the list. The movies are on the list. We will. F- we're gonna probably. T- we're gonna talk about them eventually on this podcast. Oh my god! Oh, I love Jackass. I yeah. I I understand how dumb it is. I yeah. think I think there's legitimate cultural value in it. They're also in ve- very funny people. All of them are. Yeah. Like Ryan Dunn has said some things that I was like, man, that's an actually really funny thing to say. Like not ironically. <laughs> First off, R.I.P. Ryan Dunn. Everyone knows. I, I found out maybe like five years after he died. Like, it was one of those things where I just missed the memo on Ryan Dunn dying. I don't know how. I just did. Because um, that's how news works. But y'all remember his prank show? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, was I it got on like s- TBS? I forget, what, oh, I forget what channel it was on, but he had some quality ones. One of which was... Uh, going up to someone's medicine cabinet and filling it with like Skittles or like M&Ms and just like using a piece of cardboard, right? Uh, and then just like filling it and then closing the cabinet and then pulling the cardboard down out of it so that when they open it, well, I mean, it's an innocent prank uh, to just have a plethora of candy fly at their face out of their medicine cabinet. It's not so bad. Uh, he also did the, the gelatin in the toilet. That one's not fun because then you just, no one likes their pee splash at them. That's not nice. Oh yeah, that's a camp classic. Um, yo, that reminds me of maybe the funniest thing to ever happen, which is uh, a couple years a couple years after Ryan Dunn, R.I.P., unfortunately passed away. Uh, Hulk Hogan tweeted a picture of himself and Bam Margera, and it just <laughs> said, "Damn, Bam, pains me to know that this is never going to happen again." <laughs> oh wow the funniest thing i've ever seen what a thunder lips move yeah and bam of course replied oh and he's really like, hey, man. he's like hey man i miss you too but like <laughs> <laughs> we can still hang <laughs> yeah basically this is so fucking funny uh, hulk hogan what a what a knob i i remember when i was a kid this is a weird tangent uh we had to make like these marketing things for um like a marketing campaign for a thing that would make you immortal because we read tuck everlasting so Uh, okay okay 
and ours was uh i think it was a wristband that made you immortal and one of the things was we had to make like a radio spot and so my friend was like oh i'll do an impression of bam margera and his impression of bam margera was just yo i uh, I, I like uh Drinking the water, becoming immortal. Yo! Gotta go back to Viva La Bam. Bye! Oh my god. Don't tell me about Viva La Bam. How dare you make me remember Viva La Bam? That was a great show. Did he put any Delco stank on that accent? No! That's, that's, That's the key to a Bam. Dude, that's the key to a Bam. Talking Westchester... Talking ape and Phil. He has like kind of like a I, I don't know what to call it, he, like a scowl in his voice. Uh, that's not the right word at all. Like, like a, a whiny quality. <laughs> he does have that. I like a I I think the word I was actually looking for was growl. Would you call it like a timbre or a timbre? Yeah, a, a, a timbre. Yeah, timbre. <laughs> Who was it that I was thinking about that has phenomenal uh, timbre? Tom Bray. Tam, Tam Bray. Who, who Tom was it? Who were you thinking about? Is it, I think Tom it was, Brady? I think it was Tom Brady. <laughs> <laughs> That's not who it was. <laughs> no, it was the Drew Blarkman. Oh, yes. Uh, yes. You. I'm so sorry. I can't believe I forgot. Yes. Which up until an hour ago, I was pronouncing Tim Bray. <laughs> I think it's, I think it's Timobre, but I could be wrong. It's Timon, yeah, and Timon. it's Lion King, and it's not a vocal quality. It's actually an animated film. I was so. <laughs> I I got stuck in a football thing, and I was like, Tim Tebow. There's got to be a joke there somewhere. Vine, Tebowing. You'll miss Vine. Yeah, every day. Yeah. Jim is Vine, a compilations, Vine, Vine compilations are a great thing to just kick your feet up and watch. On I, I, oh, I every single day. I, I actually, uh, in the before times, I used to, uh, you know how like you'd have like parties or like pregame parties and then people would come over and you just like put on some music and everyone would uh, drink and have fun and then go. I, instead of put on music, I would put on Vine compilations. Yes. Same exact result. Everyone is excited to hear their favorite vines, and everyone sings along to them. What's oh? What's your favorite vine? Oh, I have so many. Uh, off the top of my head, uh, one of my favorites is uh, four female Ghostbusters. The feminists are taking over. I'm an adult virgin. <laughs> so bad. I I love the please, Mister Postman one. <laughs> I love that one. Like the smile on that guy's face every time. I'm just like, get it, get it, Kane. You get it. <laughs> I do. I oh, I I'm also a big fan of uh, two bros chilling in a hot tub five feet apart because they're not gay. <laughs> uh, I'm so not like into vines, but I do enjoy that one, and I know that Jim loves it, so I I actually got him a sticker. You did. Um, I got us matching stickers of the two bros chilling in a hot tub five feet away because they're not gay. Um, it's so dumb. Oh, man. Yeah, talk about, like, the lowest common denominator for humor. It's Vine. Vine is, like, just really gets me. It's universal, though. 
Mm-hmm. It's just like, yeah. If you don't like Vine, you're not human. Yeah, Kai. Robot. I'm not saying I don't. It's just I feel <laughs> oh, like there's a. Oh, I didn't mean it like that. There's I still <laughs> like you're the kind of person who can't like glean enjoyment from a funny Vine. <laughs> <laughs> like, no. You're not a person. No. Yeah. I'm a capable. Uh, yeah. I, I get it. I get it. There's just so many things I just missed. I missed vines. I, I, there's just I I was I have I can go on. I missed Harry Potter. I missed The Simpsons. Um, there's so many like just cultural things that I just I didn't get to be part of. Did I get into real world? Yes. Did I you know play with pogs? Yes. I have my niches. I have my things. I'm it's, cultured. It's too much shit. You know, it's impossible to do it all. Yeah. Um, like I, I resonate with that because I did not watch uh, WWF growing up, and now I'm a huge wrestling fan. I'm mm. a fanatic. I co-created a wrestling show. When you originally started to absorb a lot of wrestling content, were you more in the WC? Uh, I'm sorry, is it the WCW side of things? Um, I started getting into it around the age of 22, and WWE was the only thing going at the time. Gotcha. Um, so I, I, you know, that was the only game in town for years. But I've always really had issues with Vince McMahon. He's kind of despicable. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and when I say kind of, I mean objectively despicable. Yeah. Um, so AEW coming along has really just been the best thing ever for me. He actually fired uh, Hulk Hogan um, for doing, like, it, just in a simplified way. He fired him for doing Rocky Two. Um, Rocky Three. Oh, sorry, Rocky Three. Him, uh, yeah. Quick he, correction. I, I apologize. He, yeah, he missed some of his matches, so therefore got fired. In all fairness, both those guys can fuck off into the sun. Is you want that on the record, Vince McMahon for sure? But also Hulk Hogan, go fuck yourself. And I really don't like Hulk Hogan either. Okay, <laughs> Hulk Hogan, fuck you. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean. I don't know. I got nothing to lose. Fuck you, Hulk Hogan. <laughs> <laughs> What's he gonna do? Punch you? Maybe. <laughs> I might be, I might be too quick for him at his age. This is a good gamble I'm saying to call out. <laughs> the odds that it'll come back to bite me are pretty low. I think so. He doesn't really listen to the podcast as far as I understand. Uh we did find out on uh the third uh episode with with Sam and Joe what their their what their wrestling names were during um right. why am I forgetting the name of it? Help me PCW. out. PCW. PCW. What was your wrestling name, uh, or what aliases have you gone by uh, for PCW? At, oh, uh... I am the uh, top heel in the company. I am the the long running bad guy, uh, Romeo Triceps. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you you did one of my favorite bits that you I, I you said you came up with in five minutes because you needed to <laughs> you. You guys were like, "Oh no, we need to fill like we need to fill like five minutes," and then you came out on stage and went, "All right, everyone, I need more followers on Instagram, so I'm gonna sit here until five people follow me, <laughs> and I'm not doing anything until you do." Yeah, I just talked at the crowd. I think I made fun of the Patriots to a guy with a Boston hat. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, that uh, was. That I'm glad that worked out because we we literally had the show fall apart uh, like an hour before. So yeah, yeah. yeah, I just had to like, oh god, what's gonna fill time? I'll have you know, I was one of those people that followed you. I apologize for not having followed you beforehand, but 
I made it happen. Yeah, I mean, you helped the show move along, so... Uh, you're you're welcome? Yeah, thank I, you, and you're welcome. I mean, I guess it made it worse because you were trying to stall, so... <laughs> no, no, I mean, we got some good... We got some good, uh... We got some good content out of that. I I got to I got to make fun of Tom Brady. I got do you, to. Do you dislike Tom Brady? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also, for the record, Rotten Treasure, fuck you, Tom Brady. <laughs> I I respect his game. I do think it's the goat. And yeah, as much as I was rooting against him, like what he did this year is fucking badass. Um. And really makes Bill Belichick look like a dummy, um, which is maybe the best part of the whole thing. Yeah, there is a there is a thing about Tom Brady where you're like, huh, I mean, he's the greatest. He's probably the greatest uh, quarterback ever. I think I think at this point, any other answer is just like it's just because you don't like Tom Brady. Yeah, exactly. But also, but also, I don't like Tom Brady because he's. Because he, w- he wins all the time, <laughs> to be honest. I'm from New Hampshire, and I'm supposed to think of Tom Brady as a god. But I don't, because I also don't really care that much about football. I respect people who do. I respect anybody who really likes sports. It's fun. It's a companionship thing. I get it. Uh, I used to love it. I'm, yeah. I've kind of fallen out of love with it for a number a number of reasons. I watch the Super Bowl for, for some reason, usually every year, just because it's interesting. I want to, yeah, I don't want to, mm-hmm. I want to see the thing that other people see. It's one of the last dying vestiges of the monoculture. Oh my god. The thing that unifies this country, the Super Bowl. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. The Super Bowl. No, it's the Puppy Bowl. That's what unifies this country. And we all need to start admitting it. That we all love it. Sesame it's for, it's for everyone. I'm sorry, what was that? Sesame Street. I thought you yeah. said Sesame Street. <laughs> doesn't like Sesame Street. And I'll show you a robot. I'll show you someone who's not a person. Well, just like... Been- just like with vines. You've been called out, listener. If you are not a fan of Sesame Street, get at get at Drew online. Show me someone who doesn't like Sesame Street and have them explain to me why. Whoever can't say it can't say it to Drew online because they're a robot and they can't get by the captcha. Because they think things that aren't bikes are bikes, idiots. <laughs> the pictures of the bikes are too blurry. <laughs> it's long, maybe a third of the time, and I'm just like, "Are you kidding me?" Like, I, I'm a programmer, so I have to do captures all the time, and I get them wrong so frequently <laughs> that I'm starting to question whether or not a robot. <laughs> oh well, the pictures are the pictures are like eight bit. They're like super NES quality. Yeah, just like that's the shape of a stop sign. <laughs> Could be a stop sign. Oh, oh no, it's a basketball. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a plate of spaghetti. I would have never known. <laughs> Crazy. It's Clifford the Big Red Dog. This, this doesn't even look like a stop sign. <sighs> um, yeah, but anyway, yeah, I yeah I think there's a couple things that. An extreme majority of people can can get behind, and I think Sesame Street's one of them. I think the Muppets are probably one. Mister Rogers. My mom uh, finds Mister Rogers extremely boring. Well, is that a reason to dislike him, or is that you know, is that just like we can let him do his thing? I don't know how she feels about the man. 
I don't know if she knows like any of the stories about him because he is a delightful person. She just hates Mr. Rogers, the show. I mean, there's not fireworks. I get it. There's also like it's no quiet. Expl- there's, yeah, there's no explosions or anything. Oh, I tried watching some during quarantine, mm-hmm. and then probably about ten minutes in, I was just like, oh, "This is just I could just watch anything else, you know? Like <laughs> it's faster." It it is a. It, I mean, a, a lot of that is also on purpose because he was like, "Kids are smart." Like, yeah, and also I have ADHD, you know, so yeah. that it's tough for me to. Ooh, it's tough for me to start things. Mm. Yeah. I think, I mean, I, I also got you uh, on the ADHD here, and I think that's the thing. Mr. Rogers is trying to get you to slow down, and I'm like, no, 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 Mr. Rogers, get out of here. I'm going to go watch something else. <laughs> I'm going to go watch something fast. I got, like, four streaming services at my fingertips. Like, like <laughs> Mr. Rogers, you got you to gotta earn this. <laughs> <laughs> I can't spend all day just watching you take your shoes on and off. Like, I need, I need more content in my life. Yeah. But with all that said... I think we can all unite behind Mr. Rogers. Yeah, he's a he's a delightful human being. I want to say ice cream, but like, do you think there's enough people who can't really handle it? Like, as I get older, lactose is. Yeah, I'm lactose intolerant. Hurts my teeth. As you get older, it just gets worse and worse with the lactose. Yeah, I I ate some before the show. Uh, the idea uh, of ice cream can unite us all. How about that? Yeah, I can get behind that. Boom, boom, boom. This is my platform. Or <laughs> Ice cream for everyone. Party. <laughs> Ice cream party. Ice cream socials all across America. So I'm such a lame person because my favorite ice cream flavor is black raspberry, which I've been told is like an old person flavor. Um, oh, raspberries are like my favorite fruit, probably. Well, also, really? why are we shitting on old people for their, del- like, delicious flavors of ice cream that they enjoy? Why are we shitting on ice cream? Yeah. It's like, yeah. it's it's a it's a good thing. Do uh, you remember um, that place that did the rolled ice cream? Oh, there's tons of them, yeah. yeah. Yeah, when those started coming out, I remember, like, thinking it was pretentious and, like, getting it and liking it. And I uh, ran into Tom Hannigan, who we all know. Mm-hmm. Everyone on the everyone who's listening knows Tom Hannigan. We, well, anyone who's anyone knows Tom. Philadelphia Hannigan. comedian, a former Philadelphia comedian, Tommy Hannigan. Mutual <laughs> <laughs> friend to the three of us. Um, and I remember talking to him, just being like, you know, I I wanted to hate it, but it's really good. And he just looked at me. He was like, "Man, why would you want to hate ice cream?" And it really like clicked with me. I was like, you know what? You're right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, who gives a fuck if it's rolled up? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, it's um, good. <laughs> it is. I'm a cookie dough person for my flavor. Mm. I I think I ran out cookie dough. Like when I when I was a kid, I ate it so much that now I'm at the point where I'm like, ah, I I think I want variety. I, like love cookie dough, but so so what is your ice cream now? Um, mint chocolate chip. But I think the one I get the most is now, uh, Wawa's chocolate peanut butter. Ooh. If you like chocolate peanut butter and you like real peanut butter, because they just they just take some peanut butter and slap it in some uh, chocolate ice cream. Here's the thing I'm finding, and I wonder, is this a getting older thing? I love peanut butter cookies so much more than I used to. Like, they're a legitimate contender for my favorite style of cookie now. And, mm. like, that just, like, I always liked them, but they had nothing on chocolate chip, like, as far as I was concerned, 10 years ago. 
I don't know because chocolate or because peanut butter has always been probably my favorite. Awesome. So I can't tell if that's a get an older thing. Yeah, they were my dad's favorite. So I wonder if it was just like part of his soul transferred to me when he left the earthly plane. <laughs> and now I like peanut butter cookies and Bruce Springsteen. Those are those, like those were gifted upon you. <laughs> yeah, it was just like those are the traits that just flew into my body. Because it's true. It's like, yeah, in the past year, I have grown to love, love, love peanut butter cookies and Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> it's just like, it's just weird. Now, do you combine these two events? Or is it like a like a routine? Yeah. Do you eat a bunch of peanut butter cookies and listen to The Wild, The Innocent, and The E Street Shuffle? <laughs> I mean, can you put on The Wild, The Innocent, and The E Street Shuffle? We can do that right now. Back <laughs> <laughs> streets. I'm on a bird. <laughs> oh, I'm not, yeah, I got two uh, peanut butter cookies right here. There's something about the dough that's a little different. And mm-hmm. I, I, oh, I love it. It's like a little softer, but like, yeah, it's like sandy in that, not like gritty, but it just like falls apart. Mm. And I really like that. I didn't realize this, but I could listen to you describe a cookie all day. <laughs> I, could, uh, if I swear. Okay, so, you know, those who know me close know that, you know, I identify as ace. I'm on the ace spectrum. Mm-hmm. There's sort of like this idea that like, um, you know, if it's not like sex that does it for you, it's something else. Food, 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 food. <laughs> I, can, I can go in depth on flavors. Mm-hmm. We could talk about food. We could talk about Top Chef forever and ever. We could talk about <laughs> fast food until the end of time food 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 that like food makes me feel like all the molecules in my body are a chorus singing in unison i'm curious what your hot take is on my favorite cookie how do you feel about oatmeal raisin cookies wow you yeah that's a that is a hot take that's polarizing i know i know it's like pineapple pizza level like people judge me for it hard i know that like people react so poorly to it and like if you're expecting chocolate chip, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you're going to be disappointed. Um, and I've been there. Um, but I try not to hate it because it gets so much hate. But like if I'm just ranking my favorites, it's like 15 or 14. It's, it's like the really yeah. that low snickerdoodles ahead of it. I'd put uh, a plain old sugar cookie ahead of it. Oh, I would not do that. <laughs> I, I don't like sugar cookies. I... It's um, it's the insomnia ones for me. Mm. Um, they're, yeah. they're really soft and like, as you get into the center, you can just sort of like let it sit, and uh, it's almost like, oh, it's it just reminds me of like like a really hefty like cut of like a steak almost. It's okay. just like it's a meaty cookie, you yeah. know. <laughs> just like it's so like just hearty in the center. Yeah, you can you can just like almost like take a slice off and just like let the flavors just like it's got some base to it down a lazy river on your tongue mm. and I just swirl and and build well i get you because i when i say i love oatmeal raisin cookies i love like big like fall apart in your hand like oaty lots of raisins just like rich i don't want just like tiny little crisp raisin burnt thing i yeah i want I want something, some meatiness, some sustenance to it. So I feel you. With that, I still think I'm putting it like 14 or 15. I, I, I 
thought about it for a second. I was like, I love oatmeal raisin. Yeah, I'd put it higher than 14 or 15. And then I thought of, and then I tried to think of like 14 or 15 cookies. And I was like, yeah, I think I like those better than oatmeal raisin. I mean, uh, Samoa's slash caramel delights. Mm-hmm. Love them. Uh, um, love them. Love, um, I mean, love a chocolate chocolate cookie, you know, mm-hmm. double chocolate, uh, chocolate mint, uh, red velvet cookies are great. Um, I swear to God, one of the, one of the ones Insomnia is doing right now is uh, Irish potato. And um, oh, I didn't try it yet. <laughs> yeah, I so like they're based on the Orion's like that, you know, that iconic little green box that, you know, it's like mm-hmm. a Philly thing, um, yeah. which I didn't know. Right. I, I know mean, it was a Philly thing. Yeah, I grew up with them and like love them and even had bought one like a month ago. And I forgot about that. And I was like, oh, this cookie has potato in it. That mm. looks interesting. And it's like, meanwhile, I had Irish potatoes at home and I just like forgot about the concept. But then I like bought a couple and was pleasantly surprised when it was the other kind. Um, Even getting into like name brand ones, like. Oreo cookies. Solid cookie. Yeah. I'd put it ahead of oatmeal raisin. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's what I was going to say is my number one contender for my favorite, you know, being oatmeal raisin is I have a complex and arguably unhealthy relationship with Thin Mints from Girl Scouts. Thin Mints. Thin Mints would definitely make that list. Um, I am uh, currently waiting on my second round of five boxes um, this season. I'm... I can't stop. You, you, you just, they're so good. You get a, you get a cold sleeve out of the freezer and you just, you, you just take it down. You have to take the whole sleeve at once. Have you, I, I keep talking about insomnia just cause it's so good, but have you had the, the deluxe s'more one? Okay. I feel like I don't have a relationship with insomnia. Um, and I need to change that. It might be the best I've ever had. Cause it's a, it's a chocolate cookie with uh graham cracker bits and marshmallow. In it's the very good. And when you get one hot, it's just, I don't know that I've ever had a cookie that good, truthfully. Do you live in a hospital? (laughs) Hospital? Yeah, just be honest. Oh, you mean all these noises? (laughs) (laughs) People who know what I'm talking about, this will make sense. I live at Broad and Gerard right behind the checkers. Uh, Oh, yeah, yeah. Checkers, the, the iconic landmark. Uh, it has closed two separate times since I've moved in. It has closed, reopened, and closed again. Um, yeah, but no, want, I'm behind it. Do you want your uh, your relative close uh, address uh, on the podcast? Yo, my stalkers uh, better come prepared. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> come get some checkers. Uh... And like, if my stalkers want to come at me, like, be my fucking guest. Well, currently the stalkers are kind of busy, uh, or the, the, the stalkers from this podcast are currently trying to find Jim's apartment. Uh, but once oh, they're yeah. done finding I've, Jim's apartment, they'll come I've, find I've, Isn't that um, 644 South? Uh, no. You were, you were close enough that I'm, I, I, I want to... <laughs> 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 that I don't want to confirm it or not. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't cut that part. Wow. wow. <laughs> no, no, I want that. That was really funny. Um, <laughs> I I have said, like, the general location of where I live enough times that, like, someone could probably easily find me. 
I might have dropped you off once or twice. Uh, you definitely did. Back when I had a car, man. Oh, I loved giving people rides home when I had cars, man. It's just like, that's such a, oh, that's such a good, uh, just like, it's the same thing as power lunches. You know, it's just like mm-hmm. such a good one-on-one time. Oh, love doing that. Do you care to explain what a power lunch is? Because I, I know what you mean, but I don't think everyone who's listening to this has any clue I've what been, you're talking about. I've been on one myself, so. Oh, love them. Love them, love them. Do you do push-ups while you eat the food? No, 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 no. So I think the term originates from, like, Washington, D.C., when, like, lobbyists would be like, we're going to get together for a quick power lunch and talk business and both have a salad and then leave and stuff like that. <laughs> I've reinterpreted it to mean when I was working downtown and on my lunch break, I would just set on up one-on-one lunch dates with friends, and I would just, it was an open invite to anyone. And um, at the end of each one, we would take, like, a mean mug selfie and post it with some with some little quip about lunch and uh it was some of the oh my goodness it was it was a great thing that i hope to resume like as soon as quarantine's over i recall seeing many of uh photos and it was it looked like it was absolutely delightful i think I was, 40 you had 40 power lunches yeah wow. like at least 40 different people like i went to power lunches with and i would yeah i would love to resume it as soon as it's safe that was like definitely one of those like it, it was almost like a who's who of Philly comedy kind of thing because you would just see who's it gonna be today. It's fun. Mm-hmm. There was a stretch where I went on like six six work days in a row. I went with different people, and that was wow. That was fun because it was just like yeah, the person of the day. Feels like do you need to make this a show? I mean, you could if you wanted to have like a crew follow you to your power lunches. Yeah, I mean, it could be. It could be. It would be a damn good show. I'm just saying this can be bigger than what it is. We can make this. this. Could really be something. No, I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I've just always really enjoyed one-on-one time with people. I feel like that's the best way to get to know them. I do miss spontaneously, but like this, the option of spontaneity, like to just be like, "Hey, do you want to go get lunch, or do you want to go get ice cream right now?" I miss being able to say, "Do you want to go get ice cream right now?" To people. I mean, I guess I could, I still can, but it's just. Depressing. So much better in person than I am on a phone or like over Skype too, which is like mm-hmm. why I'm just, I'm ready for, you know, got one more shot to go. And then, uh, same. Hopefully, hopefully we turn the corner. Um, and I miss hanging out with people in person. That's mm-hmm. like, Oh, that's, um, yeah, I need that. I need to balance that with my me time. I've realized that I've been so anxious, right, to get it, and I've been like, I need it, I need it, I need it, and I realized the biggest change that's going to happen is just that I'm going to play board games with Mike and Noah, is probably what's going to happen from uh, listeners. You remember Mike and Noah from Home Alone uh, 4? 5? Or 5, the episode, Home Alone 5? But yeah, I just want to play board games with my friends, that's it. I just miss playing board games in, in real life. Oh, I played um, Code Words online with some people recently. Oh. You should you should do that. It's just get like five or six people, and it takes like ten to twenty minutes to play around. It's great. It's kind of like Among Us, but different. <laughs> um, but a different game. <laughs> yeah, it's a completely different concept, but it's also a game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't anticipate personally too much changing in the near future. Um, because, yeah, when shit went down, I mean, I was laid off, as many were, um, mm-hmm. got a nice severance package. But, man, I went into 
hibernation hermit mode at that point and um yeah just like stop spending money for the most part and like i've been real been real good with it yeah so like i'm in this really lucky position to just just ride it out for a bit i did exactly that i heard like woof. so as people may be learning from listening to this podcast, I am a little extreme and sometimes my brain is fun. Um, when this happened, when this popped up, I was like, Oh, do I like duct tape my, I did the, I I want to do the same thing I did when there was this explosion down at that factory in the, uh, what do you call that? In South Philly. In South Philly. I did the, when that happened, I just like knew that the air was bad. So I just duct taped up my air conditioner because I went to full manic mode and it was just like, panic, I don't understand how things work. This is what's happening. So when I I was the first to drop out of doing, like, going to work. It was as soon as it was optional to not go to work. And my bosses were like, yeah, we don't know anything about what's going on. You don't have to come to work if you don't feel safe. I was the first one to be like, yeah, no, fuck that. I'm going home. I'm hiding in my house. And I'll see you guys in six months. I don't know when the, when the, I started to become outside again, really. Aside from, aside from groceries. I won't name names because I'm not trying to get any uh, anybody in trouble here, but we we were working from home consistently mm-hmm. before the pandemic, and then my company got tired of that and faked a hacking to as oh. an excuse to say we couldn't work from home anymore. Fake the said, hacking? Yeah, wow. they said we got we got hacked, but it was fucking fake because they just didn't want people working from home anymore. They wanted an excuse. Um, and then the pandemic happened, and it was like whoops i guess we're all working from home again and it was like there was no problem with it so dumb dumb i'm so sorry do you want to name your company out loud and then just like shame them publicly i mean no, no i'm kidding you don't have to do that. probably a liability issue there but I would <laughs> it's bullshit no that is bullshit i'm so sorry that happened to you that is oh, unfortunately. i mean it's fine because i really yeah like got a nice severance out of it and put that aside and yeah, I don't know. I mean, I kind of have freedom for at least a couple months to maybe like go to. I've always wanted to go to Wyoming. I want to go see Big Sky Country. I might oh, do that. I've been out to Wyoming. It is beautiful. I want to see just open plains. Mm-hmm. Oh, Wyoming is the place. Yeah, I want to see just a view of nothing, honestly. Mm-hmm. Can't imagine <laughs> how peaceful that would be. If you've ever seen the movie Unforgiven, that is 100% what it looks like. I love Unforgiven. Um, yeah, I love that there's not a lot of movies that like take place up there. Um, have you ever heard of this? It's kind of it's not too well known. It's called The Slaughter Rule. No. Is um young Ryan Gosling. Oh, I love fucking, Ryan Gosling. And it's like five or six what is this (laughs) um there's a fucking another one (laughs) you can't ignore it you gotta name the the elephant in the room i'm so used to it but then like oh there's six of them you know we can come back to a game uh about where does kai live because i live right next to the fucking train uh Living next to the MFL, like right next to it, is is hell. So I have consistent sounds that I'm also sometimes used to, but also sometimes it fluctuates between being the worst thing in my life and something I forget exists. Man, yeah, I was able to tune it out pretty quickly, which but, 
you need to do if you're gonna if you're gonna be able to handle it. My apologies. Uh, you were saying. Wait, yeah, what was I saying? Cyrus <laughs> <laughs> got to me. Oh no, I forgot too. I cannot for the life of me remember what we were talking about. Me neither. Wait, hang on. I got this. I'll try okay. to like reverse engineer it. Okay, okay. We can do it. We can do it. Okay, we we're talking about working from home at the car wash. Talking about fake hack. Fake hack. Oh, talking about big sky country. Wyoming slaughterhouse uh slaughter rule. Oh, the slaughter rule. Yes, it's Ryan Gosling in between um Mickey Mouse Club and when he started like becoming a celebrity again. Mm-hmm. So it's like teenage Ryan Gosling and I think it's set in like North Dakota and it's like this really just like slow-paced character study about this kid who's just like living in the quiet land and like has this like weird uh like friendship with his football coach that like evolves and uh yeah it's like it's like a really good like i want to say i would i'd describe it as mumblecore it's pretty uh oh really yeah it's pretty just like it's just like documentary realist style this looks like this looks like the perfect movie for me i love these types of movies yeah it's a hidden gem for sure Oh, and it's out in it's it's in Montana, which like I've been to Montana too. I I love those like just nowhere towns in the mid in like the middle of like the northwest and like western part of America. Do you, are you a gamer at all? I don't play much, but I have like a gaming PC, so I can get something. Because what what I have found is the type of gamer I am, which I've. I heard the term um, virtual tourism, and I realized mm-hmm. that's the type of gamer I am because all the games I gravitate to are like these big open world games where you mm-hmm. can like explore. Like I loved Assassin's Creed Origins, like exploring like ancient Egypt. They recreated uh, Alexandria and Memphis, and like, it's it's just incredible. Um, and there's this game called Crew Two. It's a driving game, and the open world is a condensed map of the U.S. Oh, I've seen this. Yeah. You can you can spend days just I would just like put on music, smoke a couple bowls and just like drive around like the Rockies. It's ooh. It's it's very cool. I'm intrigued. I I believe it is on PS4. I will have to check it out. Oh, I highly highly recommend. They have all these little scaled down versions of major cities. They didn't do Philly unfortunately, but mm. You know, I mean, they they also didn't do Houston, so it's not like we're the only <laughs> media market. That I saw that was because uh, they they had New York and they had DC, and they were like, it's a little too close to each other. They have Bayonne. They also have Punxsutawney. <laughs> so like, <laughs> what? <laughs> they have everything surrounding us, but um, yeah, I guess we're too similar to like Jersey City and all those other places. So. I do have to get this. I I recommend it so highly. It really like, and you don't even have to like play the game shit. You can just drive around and. I get sucked into those games. That's how what happened to me when I used to consistently play Grand Theft Auto too much. Uh, it's because you could just like, especially when it was Grand Theft Auto in New York City. Because, was it? Excuse me, Algonquin, I believe it was. Uh, is what they called it. Because I lived in Manhattan, going to school, and living in Stuyvesant town, which is like, just like above, like it's in the lower East side. Um, and it was just so we- like, it was so weird just like cruising around 
in the game in the neighborhood. And I was like, oh my god, that's like this would be equivalent of like where my college was. It's like I lived. Um, I went to school in L.A., so GTA Five. That was that for me, where it yeah. was just like, wow. There's you know the Staples Center and there's the Coliseum and like, holy shit. There's Westwood, Santa Monica, Venice. Like, yeah. I we love a, virtual tourism is why I play games is what I realized. We've come a long way from Pong. Uh, we make, there's a lot of crazy shit out here. Uh, um, but yeah, crew two is like, that's really something. I was going to say, did you ever watch those videos that are like people walking around cities? No. Yeah. It's just like, it'll just be like an hour long video and it'll be someone walking around Tokyo. Is it like, like on YouTube? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh man. That they're, sounds like great background stuff. That's just, yeah, it, they're fascinated a lot because you're just like, oh, this looks. I, I think there's one for like Philly, and then you just it just makes you feel like I live I live near there. It's just like a cool way to like do have someone be like your walking Google Earth like Street View person. You just want to check shit out. I yep. recognize any spots like specific spots during the Rocky that you were like, oh yeah, I mean. Yes. Uh, I mean, I, I literally think that when they're walking under the bridge, that's got to be Front Street, right? I guess it would have been. I guess yeah. it could be. It could be another bridge. I guess it could be a few bridges. It's cool to see what Philly looked like before, you know, like back when it was like a real shady place. <laughs> I was going to say, some of the places haven't changed. Like, for example, where Mick's gym is looks the same. It's... it's. Oh, okay, okay. It's over... Um. Uh, it's where like uh, the York uh, stop is on the MFL. Okay. Yeah, between like York and Dolphin, Dolphin, however that's pronounced. Yeah, I just call it Dolphin. That's yeah. people know what I'm talking about. The easiest. Hey, <laughs> um, I yeah, I did notice with um the kid, the kid's school, uh, the kid, the kid's school was next to. It said the AME Church was the sign on the building next to it, and I was like. Oh my god, I used to live in that neighborhood. I used to, you know, walk past that to get to the Italian market. And mm-hmm. Like, that was very cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I see why Philly people like it. Because it is, like, really fun to see your your hometown on screen. I've said it a million times. I, I become a dumb person when I see when I see Philadelphia in movies, where I'm just like, I live near there. That's, that's the place I live. Yeah. I swear, uh, so I, uh, I went to SC. Every, anytime I see a commercial on the USC campus... I I point it out because they film a lot of commercials on campus. Mm-hmm. Any I will point it out to whoever's in the room with me. I'm like, oh yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's my freshman dorm, Mark <laughs> Tower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That building's called Mark's Tower. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> it's I, a I'm library. So... They're making it look like an FBI building, but it's really a library. <laughs> I, I've said it like I watched like a blowout. I think I've said this on the podcast before. Uh, there's a part where he runs from City Hall down to uh, 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 um, what's that? Uh, it's like a, a it's like a little amusement park kind of thing. Liberty Bell. <laughs> no, close though. <laughs> um, Penn's Landing. Penn's Landing. He dr- he runs from uh, City Hall down to Penn Landing in what seems like four minutes, and I'm like, that's not possible. You couldn't. You couldn't do that. Oh my god! Yeah, you definitely couldn't do that. I get. I get winded doing like a block a minute. You know, that's yeah. that's pushing. 
Yeah, I think it was just one of those things where I was like, uh, it. Anyone else who doesn't live in Philadelphia wouldn't notice this, but when you live when you live there, you're like, yeah, the the geography's all off. Even in Rocky, his run is like 22 miles or something like that. And you know what? Real Philadelphians would also notice about that blowout scene. People would say, people would say, Broad Street to Penn's Landing, that's 14 blocks. And then real Philadelphians would say, you're forgetting Juniper. It's 15 blocks. Idiot. Idiot. <laughs> oh, Juniper. I've had to park on Juniper in South Philly a few times. It is a tiny, tiny road. That sucks. Um, I, I never had a car in the city. Um, I've only had cars when I lived out in the suburbs. Mm. But Juniper was always my favorite street because I, I was like exclusively walking. And it's, it's a great walking street. It's not a great parking street. If you'd like to get your car hit by your neighbors, it's a great it's great for that. Yeah. God, I would hate to have a car in the city, honestly. People can make parking spots out of places that I would never think to make parking spots out of. It's I will give Philadelphians that. In South Philly, you don't have a choice. Right. Yeah. You gotta get creative. <laughs> like the middle of the street in uh on Broad Street down south. Yeah. Like, well these Three streets kind of intersect, and here's like a square foot in the middle of the intersection that they can all drive around, and yeah, it's a mess. But yeah, fuck, fuck parking in the city. Fuck driving in the city. Anywhere though, it's like unless you're in the straight up burbs, it's an issue anywhere. I just want to say fuck Philadelphia. That's what I want to say. <laughs> <laughs> Not even just the PPE, just all of Philadelphia. <laughs> That's my message. If I'm going to complain about Philadelphia, I have a problem where once in a while, people like to play drums outside of my apartment and they'll play them for like an hour. <laughs> yeah. I've never, under- I, I've never understood people who like bring like a like a speaker onto the subway and just yeah play the music for everybody impromptu party for everyone yeah it's like I'm trying to understand like the intent there and it's like you just want to share this with everyone but like but you don't realize that people don't want you to share it with them and like right, yeah. it's so odd to me yeah how, how do we feel about people who do like like I, I once went on the, uh, the BSL and a family did a dance number on the subway. Oh, that's, I'm, I, I'm for it. Yeah, if they're like panhandling and shit, like yeah, go right ahead. I don't. Yeah, no yeah. Just one people like bring their fucking speaker, park it in a seat, and just like sleep on top of it, and we gotta listen to like, you know, some crazy ass Al Green shit from seventy. <laughs> <laughs> it's never Al Green. <laughs> uh, I guess that's true. I guess that's true. I I will say the most exciting uh, uh, subway ride I ever had was one time I went on and there was a guy who was doing like a, a three card Monty, and he was really bad at it. So <laughs> so everyone was like, "Well, I can win," and like he, he kept losing. <laughs> Oh no! To the point where people were like, "Stop it, man! You're losing money." <laughs> there's, no, there's no reward for you here. There's no yeah, benefit. You're just losing. And he was losing like twenty bucks at a time, and he's like, "Fuck!" <laughs> no one's making you do this, man. It was so. It was so exciting, though, just to watch this guy lose. <laughs> oh. 
so I do want to bring us into. I had a couple questions. But this movie inspired me to uh, to think about here, and I, I do want to ask you one. Um, so Sylvester Stallone had his real life son act in this movie um, as his son. Oh, really? Yeah. So that's Sage, that's Sage Stallone. Stallone. Uh, so Sylvester Stallone's kid, in order to be cool, is uh, smoking cigarettes at like what age? Like ten? Fourteen. Right? 14 i don't know how, i don't know kids like he just went from rocky 4 he was like he was 10 and then like it's only been like a month and it's rocky 5 and he's like now 14 i don't understand how that worked but but he's now smoking cigarettes do you do y'all remember did you ever like did, have you smoked a cigarette and do you remember when you did it for the first time uh probably 17 i think i probably smoked 50 or less throughout my life mm. Which I feel like is the perfect number, and we'll, yeah. we'll keep it. We'll keep that pace, you know. I find it's a nice treat, like once in a while, right on. But yeah, I'm I'm very lucky to not like be dependent on them. That would suck. Yeah, that is a that is a uh, like a healthy amount where you're like, okay, it's not part of my life, but I have done it, so I know what it's like. Yeah, I think I've probably purchased two packs, and I was in college during those times. Mm. I was just like, yeah. I went for the Paul Malls because I was like, I'm going to ball out here. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Malls. Yeah. Weed and weed and alcohol came before cigarettes for me. Those are the cool things to do to show you were a little bit more mature. Honestly, like, I was, I was doing shit from a young age. I... Yeah, we can get into it. Um, so you, I would. Uh, you don't have to. We of, can. Well, we can. It's fun, and it's like it's the past. It's over with. One of my very first jobs was I would paint lines for the soccer field, um, like for, oh, okay. the, for the soccer leagues in my neighborhood, and it came with a lot of cans of spray paint. So in eighth grade, I was huffing paint. <laughs> yep, done it. And um, yeah, just along the so that was what came first. And then, yeah, drinking and weed and, you know, I like a little bit of everything. Even now, like, a lot of hallucinogens I'm still open to would still, like, occasionally do them. I think it's fun. Um, drinking has really just fallen off for me. I, I can't remember the last time I had a drink. Just really lost enjoyment in it. Mm. Yeah, like, very naturally just stopped enjoying it. Yeah, for me, drinking is like a social thing, and since social has gone out the window, from like, I I just haven't I haven't drank this. I I think I've had six white claws in the past year. I I stopped completely during the pandemic because every time I drink it, I would get a really bad headache and then diarrhea. So it's it's awful for Not me. A fun combo, no. On the other hand, you get to be drunk alone in your room. That's that was that was that's like the real reason I stopped was I was like I I would have these I would go to like these uh, Zoom parties and then be like yeah I'll have a couple drinks and then I turn off the computer and be like now I'm drunk alone in my house. That's Yay. that's why Zoom weed parties are the way to go. Yeah, because <laughs> nobody gets off afterwards and it's just like oh no I'm high alone. The worst. You're like, no. Well, I could do. Yeah, you're like, the possibilities. Keep that party going on your own. Yeah. I'm going to listen to a Bruce Springsteen album. <laughs> on the back streets. <laughs> you know what I, you know what just randomly popped into my head 
the karaoke jams, I just remember being super baked one time and just growl whispering, dancing in the dark to the crowd before we start. Wait, 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 hold on a second. So for everybody, wait, I remember this. As uh, they were setting up, I just grabbed the mic and I just growled, but like kind of whispered the lyrics to dancing in the dark. Even if we're just dancing in the dark, <laughs> I wake up in the morning. <laughs> That get, it's out, if you want to do this for 30 minutes, you can. I go to bed and I feel it the same way. But I'm nothing but tired. Yeah, okay. Yeah, no, that's fine. Uh, nobody listening probably has an idea what we're talking about. Uh, these karaoke jams were... Oh, my God. They're little improv jams. You know, you go there and people would s- sing songs and then you do improv scenes based off of the songs. They should have been doing them um, every month. But they only yeah. did it twice. Mm. that's it oh my god i think as far as the karaoke ones go i think we did those twice oh i i definitely tried to bring it back throughout like comedy marathon and black friday and all that i think it's one of those things because the two times that you've you did it were in the first like two or three months of me doing improv so i was like I was like, oh, this is like an incredible thing they do all the time. Uh, when I was involved with like hosting and running the jam, I just, I wanted to create that like environment that like, where you just felt like everyone could get on stage at once, you know? Which, which happened at once, yeah. For um, Hotel California. Yeah, yeah. I was really proud of that because that's like the environment I want. Just that like, it's so loose that you could just like come and go on stage as you please yeah. And we're all just we're all just having one big conversation. No, I, I think you facilitated a really fun playground, and I appreciate you doing that. I think I told you. I, I'm pretty sure I told you that night that that was the first time I felt like part of the community. I remember how touched I felt when you said that. Yeah, I remember being like, "I'm now here." Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's all I ever wanted was just like the jam fam, you know? Yeah, it's <laughs> like you know, if we're being real about it, like the people who attend the jam are like more of the misfits of the community. They're not like the people who are on the future and the, you know, top teams. They don't really need to go to a jam. So it's just so, I love it when misfits come together. Yeah. I just like, I live for that shit. Yeah. And it was always great when like someone big name would, like Kristen Shear would be there once in a while or like. Kristen Shear is, was always supportive of everyone. Yeah. There's a handful of people. Jimmy Wyatt was usually there. Like, yeah, people people who would, like, yeah, they were there for everyone. That's that's a very cool energy. So shout out to those people. Yeah, always made everyone feel welcome. Andrea Duffy. Yeah. She ran it for a long time. She deserves a special shout out. We we always shout out. We, we can't help but shout out Philly and give a little bit of love to the comedians. And the, I was going to say literally the entire podcast is us just having a, a, other Philadelphia comedians on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, uh, Drew, do you have any um, uh, lost notes? Anything that you had in your notes that you didn't get to mention? Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, the the closing credits, that song playing over the closing credits. I went on this journey of listening to it and being like, "Is this Elton John?" And then, <laughs> like, then my second thought was, 
this isn't Elton John, but this is someone they hired because it sounds just like him. Like, mm-hmm. this this is a weird Elton John impersonator. And then the song credit came up, and it said Measure of a Man by Elton John. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> <laughs> I I went through the exact same journey as you. It sounds like, it sounds like a poor man's Elton John is singing it. It's, well, I guess... Maybe he was in a coke phase or something. I don't. I don't know. But 1990. Let's see where he was in his life at that point. He had uh, not done the Lion King. Elton John. He had done "Don't Go Breaking My Heart" with Kiki D. Uh, okay. When you uh, <laughs> Control F Rehab on his <laughs> Wikipedia, it doesn't come up. Oh. <laughs> I honestly thought that would have been something. It's a measure of a man. Um, yeah, I didn't. I thought, like, this sounds like Elton John, but it's not. And then I was shocked to find it was. He was. Um, he would have been, like, just sober. Yeah, I want to say that's around the time he was doing, like, Nikita. Nikita? I don't know. I'm... Um, it's, I won't say it's around that time, but... These are facts about Elton John not, that I don't know. The point is, we're not talking about peak Elton John. Mm. Like, yeah. We're talking See, about post-peak. Well, I've, I've mentioned that I saw Elton John here when I was eight, so if I was eight in, like, let's see, doing math, that would... 1995? Is that peak Elton John? When I was, I was just gonna say, technically, peak Elton John was 1997 with his... <laughs> with his cover of his own song, Candle on the Wind. Right. And it's one of the best-selling songs ever, if not the most best-selling song. One of those, like, deals. How do you sell a song, man? <laughs> um, yeah. No, I mean, I got a lot of music opinions, too. That's one of the only things I've been doing during quarantine, just revisiting all the classics. But, yeah, it's like, for me, P. Kelton John would be... Your song through, like, Still Standing slash Guess That's Why They Call It The Blues. Mm, I'm still standing. That's Sorry. a long period. I think, he, I think he was at peak power for a while. That's all of the 70s and then going into the 80s. Yeah, going, like, yeah, I think he started dropping off, like, mid-80s. And then, like, Lion King was the big comeback. And then, like, Candle in the Wind. And that's, like, Act 3, I guess. If Act Two was like the the low the little valley in between, yeah. We just like, can you imagine how much money he had at that point? Like, what do you even do with that much money? Like, <laughs> when world famous like that. I think that's the point. I think that's why he got into so many drugs. Is just like, I've I've done it all. And and you're at a point where it's like I don't have to work anymore if I don't want to, but like. I could. <laughs> it makes sense why a lot of artists just kind of put out like, like blah blah shit when they mm-hmm. get old. When it's like you know, they don't need to do this anymore. Well, then there's people like uh, Jesus Christ, Johnny Cash, who are just like, I think I'm gonna cover Hurt. Ooh, <laughs> you really love late period Johnny Cash. Mm. But when he got all his songs are about God and the devil, and it's just like so intense. <laughs> I'm going out hard. He was one of those people that I think he was kind of hungry his whole life. Some people are just good start to finish. It's yeah, awesome. yeah, 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 yeah. Like yeah, you want to talk about like the end of a peak? Like 
Rolling Stones like after Start Me Up. Oh. That would like that would be like a band that like stopped putting out its best creative output. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I my the one I always think of is um The Who after uh Keith Moon died. They had two albums that were pretty decent. Like Eminence Front and You Better You Bet are very very good songs. Eminence Front's a very good song. Yeah. But if you've ever listened to the albums, those two albums, they're not good albums. It's just those are the good songs off those albums. So who did they get to replace him? Uh Kenny Jones, I think, from uh The Faces. Oh. Not a not a terrible drummer. Oh man, that's another thing. I could talk classic rock all day. Also, oh, like, same man. Um, lot of lot of Zeppelin over quarantine. I have a I have a love hate relationship with Zeppelin in that I've listened to all their albums, and I have concluded that some of it is genius, and some of it is horrible crap, <laughs> and it can switch mid song. Like I. I don't like the way uh, Robert Plant sings in a lot of songs. I think he ruins a lot. Like, the immigrants, the immigrant song, I think is a good example of, starts out phenomenal, great. And then out of nowhere, he kind of like dips and it's like, the song gets really weird for a second. Okay. And then it goes back to good. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I have just found as far as like, what classic do I keep going back to? Like that's that's the classic group that I always go back to from that era. It's Zeppelin. Um, Mine's the Beatles, which is just as. <laughs> that I mean, I had all their albums except like I think except Beatles for Sale growing up. Like I bought all those CDs. I was a Beatles fanatic growing up. <laughs> Beatles for Sale is I would consider that to be their weakest album. I think yeah, I think that's fair. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I I wore out Hard Day's Night, mm-hmm. um, White Album. I had a cassette of White Album. I would just like play Tony Hawk and put White <laughs> Album on. A classic yep. combo. Uh, absolutely. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so I could talk Beatles for a long time, too, for sure. Yeah, they're they're easily my favorite band. I know that they're not like... They, I wouldn't even consider them... I wouldn't consider them the greatest. They are in some ways they are i think if you're talking about like cultural importance them and oh. michael jackson are duking it out for like yeah. the pinnacle even them over michael jackson because michael jackson really only had like three good albums you're discounting all his jackson five work oh you're right i am discounting all the jackson i was gonna work. say you're gonna get a lot of heat for that i think oh sorry uh, ben is also a good song guys <laughs> but yeah i just i keep going back to zeppelin um mm-hmm. And and I think one opinion I've developed is I think it's the only band where each individual member, I would say, is at least in the conversation for like best at their instrument. Like, I wouldn't say they're all the champs. I would say John Bonham probably is among drummers. He's up there. Yeah, he's he's a solid drummer. But I do think like each of them is like at least in the conversation. And I don't know that I'd say that about any other band. I think where like individual member is S tier on their instrument. Yeah. I, cause I, 
I, I was always a huge fan of The Who. Um, yeah. Like John Entwistle's probably the greatest rock bassist to ever. Right. That's fair. Come, but Pete Townsend, average guitarist at best. Oh, I think I think you might not like where I'm coming from with The Who. Where's that? Is, I think the reason I wouldn't include them is Keith Moon. Oh, really? I understand like why he's important. And I think he's great and very entertaining. But I think if we're talking pure technical skill, oh, I think Bonham, not good. Yeah, I think Bonham just is a different level. He is. He is. When it comes to technical skill, Keith Moon is also average at best. He's, yeah, I mean, yeah, he's not. He's not like Buddy Rich or Ginger Baker. Oh God, no. But then, like, yeah, John Bonham. That's the thing. As I, John Bonham probably ruins that whole like game for me because he's the only drummer I can consider. <laughs> I don't. I don't know who else is on that level. Uh, uh Neil Peart. I always had like. Oh, I forgot Neil Peart. His uh uh uh. He's very, but he's also very jazz oriented. Well, even so. Yeah. He, Neil Peart's really. He's fucking good. Yeah, which I mean. In all honesty, you said Buddy Rich. Buddy Rich to me is the greatest drummer to ever come across drums. Ginger Baker is up there for me too. Oh, have you ever listened to his stuff with um, uh, Fela Kuti? No. Oh, you have got you have to listen to live with Ginger Baker. It is insanely good. I'm sure I would love that. Yeah, I highly recommend it. Yeah, Charlie Watts. I would even put Charlie Watts maybe technically ahead of Keith Moon, but like oh, Keith yeah. Moon's excitement factor might put him ahead overall. Keith Moon was style over substance, and I liked his style. If you don't like his style, yeah, he's a terrible. He's not a great drummer. Well, yeah, well, it's it's. I'm yeah. I mean, I'm really just comparing him to Bonham on the grand scale. I think he's A tier. Like, I think okay. he's. I think he's so close to S tier, but it's just like. You know, so I'm not saying he's like bad by any means, but I'm saying just like when you get to the top and you got to split hairs, like I do think Bonham was for me just the goat. I would agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. He was I mean, a... Buddy Rich. Buddy Rich is commonly called the goat by a lot of people. Awesome. Yeah. So that's a it's... good one. But it almost seems like cheating to include jazz drummers. As... Uh, I guess. I guess. Cause... Like, good is good. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. Do you have any thoughts on this, Kai? <laughs> I was just about to say. I... Hey, Jim, do you uh, do you have any final notes? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. Um, uh, I thought that the weirdest thing is that the ghost of Mickey aged significantly. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, because they got the actor back. <laughs> to do new scenes. He died in universe 10 years earlier right <laughs> and then obviously the actor continued to age and then they do flashbacks and he's clearly 10 years older yeah the implications of what that means <laughs> we die and keep aging i think or it's... at least our imagination of remembering things that happened continues to age as i was so hyped for that that whole montage when he's like on the ground he's like get up rock Get up, Rock. I mean, clearly Sylvester Stallone, really, it's important to him to have, like, to write heartfelt moments. He really cares about the the relationship between him and Mickey. It was nice that he wrote that he wanted to have, like, you know, 
a somewhat of a compassionate relationship with this with his son. Aside from calling him the kid, you know, that little like bedtime, you know, he gives him like a kiss. He's not like a I'm afraid to be ma-, you know, to be too like he's clearly not afraid to be affectionate with his child, which I was like I guess expecting out of a character like Rocky. One uh, of the one of the sweetest moments in in, in all honesty, all of the movies is when he uh, tells him that sometimes he gets scared, and before every fight, he he would be scared. And I was like, "What a beautiful moment!" Yeah, between a father and son. He like personifies fear as like a character and calls it like Frankie fear. I don't remember that. I don't remember that part, but I I do like that he does talk about how fear is like an essential part for, of him for this. Who's your best friend? No, no, no. Your best friend is Frankie fear. He's gonna be in your head before each fight. And it was like. It was like a weird moment. Right, but that's when he was giving that talk to Tommy, right? And not because that was that whole part arch of this this film was just like uh Sylvester Stallone training Tommy machine gun Kelly and uh oh yeah, no. And what? You, just, that was my leftover note. Tommy Machine Gun Th- Kelly. <laughs> That's so stupid. His name is already a, a pun. His name is already Tommy Gun. I know. Why did we have to have the machine gun as well? I'm Tommy, sorry. I, Tommy the machine. Because it's it's a pause. Tommy the machine gun. Which ruins his name. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Parenthesis, Kelly and parenthesis. <laughs> Nick Rams. Um... Yeah, I think the father-son relationship probably kept me invested in the film. It's cute. Yeah, it was the emotional heart of the film. There was something really sad about the fact that it was like his son was, you know, becoming a fighter just to bond with his dad, only to see him, you know, fall for like the hot new recruit instead. And like, yeah, I mean, like Rocky, like Rocky learns from that. Yeah, you know. Yeah, that was uh. Yeah, that's why I would call this a good movie, in fact. There's just some parts that did bother me that Stallone wrote. Um, like, this is his real son, and this bothered me. I don't know why I'm going to bring it up now. Is There's that part where his... The girl says his butt. It's good. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Okay, so, the like, he's, like, Sage... What is it, Sage? Sage Stallone, yeah. Sage Stallone's character uh, is, like, walking with this little girl... And they're whatever leaving school, and she yeah, she makes a comment about his butt, and I'm like Sylvester Stallone wrote a line about a kid checking out his son's butt. What the fuck, Stallone? But yeah, we've been sexualizing kids in cinema for way too long. Sounds it's like ter- it's narcissism, also. I don't know, maybe. Of my son has a great ass. He's my son. Yeah, he's got the Stallone, uh, hey, you know, got the Stallone quads, those glutes. He's got oh, the old Stallone glutes. <laughs> it's like, that's the same way I feel when I see that clip of Tom Brady kissing his son. I'm just like, you want to kiss yourself. That's what you actually oh, want to do. Is that what that is? Oh, I, 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 my feelings have always been the same, which is just, yeah, like, some parents kiss their kids on the lips. Like, Rocky did it in this movie. He kissed the, uh, his son on the lips right before bed. I remember shutting that down as a kid. And I just remember being like, no, fuck that. I definitely remember feeling the same, like, uncomfortable because it was, like, a meme thing. Like, I'm French-Canadian, so, like, my meme would kiss us on the mouth. And, yeah, growing up, I was like, none of my other friends do this. This just makes me a fucking weirdo. But, yeah, 
there's a cultural split on this, I feel like. Or, like, people seem to be kind of have a lot of hot takes on this. Get at us on our social media about whether it was okay for my meme to kiss me on my mouth, I guess. <laughs> it's just, I, I think it's also a little bit of, like, the older you are, like, parents used to just kiss their kids on the lips. Like, it's it's not, like, a sexual thing. It's just, like, right. they, they just, like, I mean, babies, like, toddlers and babies, they all kiss their parents on the lips. It's, like, that's not weird. No, babies kiss anything on the lips. They will kiss <laughs> a dog on the lips. I know. I've seen. I've seen babies. But like, I also. I also always say that it was just. <laughs> it, they just got fucked in the the edit. Like, because of where the microphone was, it just sounded disgusting. Oh, the Tom Brady one. Yeah. Yeah, that is a legendary. I used to have that problem as a Lyft driver, where people would make out in the backseat of my car, and I remember one time where this couple specifically the audio of them making out it sounded like someone was squeezing wet gack in their hand <laughs> oh jesus like it was just so like a dog eating spaghetti eh? we all know it's just it. like <laughs> and i really hope everyone enjoyed listening to that Yeah, no one needs to make those sounds while making out with another person, especially in a stranger's car. What the fuck is wrong with human beings? I mean, if you're trying to chew a whole pack of gum. Did actually... (laughs) Oh, my God. Uh, To bring us back, so my final note that I'll make for the film was I have found love for a knock-knock joke. What do you all think of it? I remember... Oh, I forget what the joke was, but I remember not liking it. What was it? Knock-knock. Who's there? Madame. Madame who? Madame Foot's caught in the door. Oh, that's the one? Because there was the other one that he says where he says the the punchline part of it at the end of the sentence. It's like, that's not how knock-knock jokes work. Do you get it? Because you knock, I answer. Yeah. <laughs> Very open. I have an open-door policy. Uh, yeah, there's a couple things that he says wrong in this film. Like, cojones? What is he? Cajones? Oh, cajones. Spanish cajones. That's Latin for Spanish nuts. Well, they're like, who's Mark Twain? He's like, oh, I have painter? He's a painter, I think. I thought that was a terrible joke. Because that was like, uh, hey, look, these guys don't know what uh, Mark Twain is. Like, everyone knows who fucking Mark Twain is. There's no one out there who doesn't. All right, I lied to you. One last thing. How uncomfortable was that meal where they had Thunder... Uh, well, I just called him Thunder Kelly, uh, which is nowhere near what's any combination of words that makes <laughs> Machine sense. Machine Gun Kelly, we remember. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Mich- Tommy Gun comes to dinner, and the, it just like the truth that comes out of his mouth about how horrific his childhood was, about just like getting beaten up and just like saying how bad his life was. Uh, and then Stallone's just like, well, at least you had yourself a dad to, like, beat you up or some shit. Like, I, so my girlfriend was like, yeah, that's the answer to that. And I was like, to be honest, kind of, like, Tommy Gunn just made it really awkward at dinner by opening up very strangely in front of a family. And then Rocky was like, I can save this. Well, I mean, at least you had a dad. Let's talk about literally anything else, well, guys. That's what it was. No, he's, he said, at least you had a dad to knock out because Tommy Gunn was just like, that's the first person I learned to fight was my dad. So, like, he knocked out his dad. That was his first knockout. You punch your dad? Pass me the spinach. Oh, you used to punch your dad? Okay. Fuck you. Hey, punch your dad? Pass me, <laughs> Pass me the potatoes. <laughs> I, 
there's a there's a very famous uh line from this movie that is <laughs> uh there's a very famous line from this movie that's played on precedent steve all the time which is when he's talking about santa coming he's like eh, santa's on the roof rantlers and he just said rantlers out of nowhere <laughs> And then doesn't explain it. It's like, was that the best take you guys had? Hey, punch his dad up there. Hey, pass me the Rantler. Uh, did we do it? Jimbo, was there? That was it. I mentioned all the things. Oh, Rocky was naked at the beginning. Uh, Drew, do you have uh, anything you wanted to promote? No, no, but you know, I will put this out there. So I'm I'm watching all 40 seasons of Survivor. Um, if anyone would like to join me in this endeavor, um, like I'm just looking for someone who has the time to do that. If anyone does, um, so like yeah, if you find yourself with a lot of free time and you kind of like Survivor, like talk to me and let's um let's do something with this wealth of content and information. I was I was telling Drew earlier, do a podcast. You get because that's what everything in this world has to be now is a fucking podcast. It does feel like the logical endpoint, just because like there is so much to discuss about each season. Yeah, yeah, it's mm-hmm. the way to do it. So if you got a lot of free time and you like Survivor, DM me, baby. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate yeah. you. I'm I, I am sorry that it involved watching Rocky Five, but it seems like it wasn't a problem for you. So thank you for. Uh, really? I enjoyed it. That's awesome. I I, well, what I didn't enjoy was all these ambulances. I I enjoyed it. <laughs> uh, everybody, do come back next week. We will go into the sixth installment of uh, the Rocky franchise, Rocky Balboa, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. uh, with Ryan Clark. So come on back. Thanks again for giving us your time. We appreciate you. I'm a punching old man. <laughs> I'm gonna wait. What? Why is he gonna hit an old man? Hey, pass the pass the spinach. Hey, you, I accidentally got some butter on my jeans. Pass everything over. He passed the bread. This is a sitcom where Sylvester Stallone lives with <laughs> Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> Slowly accumulates food to his side of the table. <laughs> I look, I, I can't pass you anything anymore. There's nothing left to pass you. I hey. passed you everything. Hey, here's the pepper. Pass it back to me. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> I think we found the ending of the episode, everybody. All, All right. right. Goodbye, everyone. Goodbye. I love you. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook at Rotten Treasure. And on Instagram at Rotten underscore Treasure. And on Twitter at Rotten Treasure. And go to Patreon.com slash Rotten Treasure for bonus episodes, early episode release, and a vote for the next series. And be sure to give us a five-star rating and review us on any of your available podcast apps. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks. Perfect.